Well, be Jesus. They said, bonus podcasts are after. Should I have one right here for you? My name is Philip O'Connor. You are listening to the Irish in Sweden podcast. And I had to drop this one in there because I heard that the old supermarket art festival is going on at Slussen. At uh, Statsquad and uh, Stats Terminal and uh, uh, down by Slussen there. And that there's Irish artists there. And she didn't need from Ormston House uh, send me an old DM today on the tweet machine. And she says, do you want to come down this evening? It's open at six o'clock. And I went, oh, holy Jesus. And I jumped in the car and I decided to come down here. And I met not only her and Jennifer, who's exhibiting on behalf of Ormston House, but I also met the Interface crew, the famous Alana Robbins that you would have heard on this uh, podcast before. And she is over here with Noel and with Ian. So we said we'd have to drop in there and see if we could do a bit of publicity for them, right? Uh, the whole thing is on until Sunday, right? So whatever date this is today, on the Thursday, it's on until the Sunday. So it's a couple of days left now. So this podcast will come out late Thursday evening. So if you're here on the Friday, you can go. If you're here on the Saturday, you can still go. If you're here on the Sunday, you can also go. If you're here on the Monday, sorry, lads, gonna have to wait for another year. But if you do have the chance, it's a Stockholm Independent Art Fair. It's called Supermarket, and it is down by Slussen. I'll stick a link to it in the show notes. But let's go and talk to some of the Irish artists who are knocking around the place, showing some absolutely brilliant work. Neve, we're back. A year later, the Supermarket Art Fair is happening again, and you brought a different artist this time, right? But before we do that, tell me who you are again and what we're doing here. Right, so my name is Neve Brown and I'm curator at Ormston House. Um, we are a cultural resource centre down in Limerick City on this, in the southwest of Ireland. So this is our eighth year at Supermarket Art Fair. And have you been at all eight of them? Is this your you know, idea of a junket every year? Yeah? yeah, I'm kind of a veteran now in terms of the, the Supermarket Art Fair and our participation. Um, I wouldn't co- quite call it a junket, it's hard work, but... Um, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun and I, I love Stockholm, so I love coming back each year. And just, this is a podcast so people can't see it, but there is a glass of wine just over her shoulder there, so the junket <laughs> team goes to it. Uh, it's opening night, you have to have a little, we've earned it, we've earned it. Exactly, all the hard work has been put into it. Tell us a little bit about the artist that we have here this year, and I'll remind you now that she is standing in front of you, so you have to be complimentary. <laughs> well, I have been a long time admirer of Jennifer's work, and actually how this, um, how, I suppose how this um, booth and this selection came across, or came from, is... We have a membership scheme um, for artists, it's free to join, so if anyone's listening is an artist and wants to join our membership scheme, they can do so. But we try to do um, a different call out to members every year and last year or earlier this year we had a call out for the participation at Supermarket Art Fair. Um, and it was around kind of having a loose, um, a loose response to the theme of Supermarket, which is t- the Twilight Zone this year. Um, and we put that out to our members to see what kind of responses we get back. And I was really, really um, thrilled to see Jennifer's name kind of on the list when we looked at the submissions and she had a really unique take on, on that idea, that, that theme. And yeah, I think it was, um, I think the whole the whole selection panel were kind of blown away by the proposal. So we're delighted that she accepted then once, once I asked her, would she come to this absolutely mad place with us? Jennifer, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Jennifer. Jennifer Triton. I'm from I'm from Belt. Well, I'm based in Belfast, but I'm from County Armagh originally, and I'm a visual artist. And I'm based at QSS Studios in Belfast. When these mad people said, "Come on, we want you to take this. We want you to do this project. We want to bring you to Sweden." How, what was your reaction to this? Is this something that you do regularly, exhibiting in foreign countries like this? 
I'd love to say yes, but no, it's not, especially in an art fair because it's it's quite a short install. In fact, Neve asked me yesterday, was it you asked me, said, have you ever done this before? Have you ever installed a show in two days? I was like, no. Mm. So it it, it is it does have its challenges because it's short. You're coming for a short burst of time and you're trying to fit into a very unique small space along with so many other different kind of artists and uh, arts organizations so it's it's quite different from being in a, in a gallery where you're just the the so although I'm a solo presentation here I'm still in a very large building with lots of other artists so it was it was it I was very pleased to get the offer I was I've never been to Stockholm as well so yes there was reservations but all good reservations and I knew I was in safe hands with these guys because they're such a professional and well-established and well-respected outfit they are amazing Thank the you. fact that they've been here eight days or eight, eight, eight years, years before is incredible Neve was saying that she was very impressed with the proposal that you put in around the theme of the Twilight Zone. What was that proposal? Is there an elevator pitch for that? I'll try and keep it short and sweet. <laughs> Look, this, uh, this is the internet. This can go on forever. You can edit it. You can edit it. Uh, well, my work is about reproductive justice. It's about abortion in Northern Ireland. And when I saw the call out and I saw the Twilight Zone, I... I instantly recalled a quote that had uh, an historian had come up had, had said in like 1985 that Northern Ireland was like a twilight zone because of the draconian and backward abortion laws that uh, neither doctors or women or medical professions knew where they were because the law was so inconsistent, woolly and open to interpretation and basically we were like a twilight zone and in many ways Northern Ireland is a twilight zone beyond abortion rights so I proposed this show which is about abortion and reproductive justice in Northern Ireland. How easy is it to talk about things like that in Northern Ireland? We've had our own experiences of it in the South. It's a completely different subject here when you talk about it in Sweden. Is it very divisive? Is it possible to have a conversation at all or is that what the art is about? I think that's what the art's about. I mean, I've deliberately made work that's very easy to approach visually. It's not challenging. There's nothing screaming at your face saying this is about abortion because I want to gently open the conversation and get people talking because it is a difficult subject. I didn't talk about it for 30 years and I'm one of the people who's had the experience of having to travel across the water so yes I know what it's like to be you know completely in the shadows not talking about your experience and then when you do talk about it you realise you're not alone you're one of many and that's where the title of my major show that this came from is called One of Many and you realise you're not alone but we're all hiding in the shadows of shame and guilt on our shoulders that have been put upon us by the church and by the state so it is a difficult conversation but it's a conversation that has to be had because it is silence that perpetuates the shame and the guilt so it's like a a never-ending circle so and it is difficult because we are ruled very much by our <clears throat> Presbyterian and our you know Protestant brothers up in the north and uh, it's it's just not it's it's very much still frowned upon and even though they've changed the laws the access to abortion is still so limited that the resources haven't been put in the infrastructure hasn't been put in so even though women technically legally are allowed to have an abortion they're still facing a lot of the difficulties that women in the past faced to actually get it so so it needs it has a, it is a conversation that has to be had because yes north and south we now have abortion laws to you know to protect women but we all know that that could change tomorrow we just look to america and roe versus wade and we just, nothing is written in stone what's here today could be gone tomorrow so we should never forget and these these are this is history this is kind of like a living archive i see this as as, as history and that we have to uh, take women's voices out of the archives and and keep talking about it it's amazing that it was one of the only things that the two churches agreed upon in all those years you know, know. Was a, a, <laughs> let's step over here and have a little look at uh, 
at the pictures that you have here or the, or the works. I, I never know whether to call them pictures or works or what it's we okay. have here. So I, I say works, but my, my husband tells me I repeat that word too often. I use works too often. Well, look at so. that. We'll see yeah. if we can get it through the works yeah. here now. We have... <laughs> Um, let me see if I can describe this. We have a map of Ireland here, mm -hmm. right? Now mm -hmm. I'm both deaf and blind, and yeah. it says there's something Hibernia. I can't make out the Mater word. Major Hibernia. Major Hibernia, Mother Ireland. That's correct. And there seems to be a very sort of red. Mm -hmm. It's like a sort of a plaque that you would see in somebody's hall, uh -huh. and yet there's sort of red threads mm -hmm. uh, running down from mm -hmm. that. Um, it kind of speaks for itself when you look at it, doesn't it? Well, from a distance, it kind of takes on the formation of a crucifix, like a cross, because mm. there's. Uh, two artworks and then there's these three embroideries and the three embroideries also mirror the reproductive organs of a woman you've got the ovaries and the and the uh, womb yep. but uh, I mean this piece is just talking about how in many ways women have been bled you know, uh, you know, like their blood quite literally across the water, leaving the country to go have an abortion. And it's also just a country in distress. I turned Ireland upside down in the paintings to suggest distress because in international waters, yeah. boats used to turn their flags upside down to, yeah. distress, to denote that they were in distress. So I wanted to su suggest that this was a country in distress and these are women in distress crossing this Atlantic Ocean or the Irish Sea to, uh, to get... An, to basically get reproductive justice. Mm. So. If we move along here, I'm struck by the everyday nature of many of the things here. On one of the shelves here in front of me, there's three, what look like three very fragile mm. China cups mm. uh, in various sizes. I don't know, it's suggesting to me that there may, may be different generations of fragility that we're looking at here, but I might be completely wrong. Well, they're kind of there for like a dual purpose. Like we all know what tea is in our society, mm. the idea of tea and sympathy and that no matter what, someone puts a cup of tea in your hand and says, you know, there, there, have a cup of tea, like it'll it'll quieten everything. But women also made a lot of elixirs and a lot of uh, drinks to try and mm. end pregnancies. You know, they would drink parsley, they would penny royal, all these other concoctions. So the, the teacups are kind of there for a dual purpose. And they're suggesting that kind of Irish relationship with tea. Mm and how we all think it brings us comfort and it'll cure everything but also that women were drinking tea to try to end their pregnancies and the teacups themselves have been broken they weren't deliberately broken I accidentally broke them many many years ago when I was moving studio and I was making this work one day I actually saw them lying in the box where they'd been broken and I thought I love this idea that they've been shattered you know this ideal image of Ireland and tea and everything will be okay but the cups were broken so I brought them back together with this technique called kintsuki in Japanese where they usually do it with gold it's the idea of highlighting imperfections mm. but I did it with clay I did it with like an earthy um, medium so the cups have been brought back together again yeah. after being shattered and the idea of rebuilding your life again yeah. as well after the aftermath it's amazing I'm only seeing the actual cracks in them now I thought yeah. that was actually the design of them no, so, you know. they were, I accidentally broke them many years ago and then like I said this idea came to me and I designed the wallpaper that's behind them and in that wallpaper every plant is actually an abortifacient which is something that a woman would take to try and end a pregnancy mm. so that beautiful wallpaper that you're looking at which is very pretty and floral every element within it is in some way an abortifacient mm. let's step over here to the left right because uh, what i'm seeing here is basically it looks like one of those old stainless steel bowls that your grandmother might have had oh, enamel yeah uh, yeah enamel steel that's it and then you yeah, have a newspaper under it and there's something there to the right of it, it looks like soap to me it but is indeed. And, uh, the symbolism of this again because again 
this is all very discreet, right? So for artistically illiterate people like my good self, maybe the penny is not going to drop. So maybe you could explain to me what this one is about. But to be fair, that's what I set out to do. I set out to make the work quite easy to read on a surface level. I want people to come in and have that mm. slightly nostalgic moment of going, oh, my granny would have had that bowl. Or w- fact, worked on me. <laughs> I still have that bowl, you know. So, and, I mean, because that's me trying to bring you in to start the conversation. And the reason this bowl is here is because that would have been the kind of bowl a woman would have used and the newspapers underneath would have been put down on the bed or the floor because the reality is women of the most lowest social economic means were the ones who had to go to the backstreet abortions or try to do it themselves mm. so this wasn't were, a clean surgical no, process this, by any means these are the women who died mostly as well because it wasn't clean it wasn't uh, it wasn't in any way you know kind of monitored by a medical person so they'd have put newspapers down to keep their sheets clean or to keep the floor clean and the soap would have been obviously something that would have been washed up afterwards and women used to use soap to wash out their cervix to try and either stop a pregnancy or to you know end one so so it's a very, very delicate looking painting and it does draw you in and it makes you think of like your grandmother and home and how that's so wholesome. Because we have this really nostalgic and romantic idea of the Irish home and grannies and grandmothers and nourishment and hearth and home. But the reality is it was such, it was so dark, it was so bleak. These women were doing atrocious things to themselves to try and control their own bodies. But that, that strength of family and community came with a set of very stringent rules. And, and if you sort of strayed outside of them at all, um, <coughs> pardon me now, if I was a little, had a little bit of a cold there recently. Um, what do Swedish people who come here and looked at these things, have they understood what it is that they're looking at? I have been so shocked. They are, I think they're obviously much more liberal than we are back in Ireland. Yeah, there's been quite a few people have come and I've been quite surprised that a couple of women have come up and instantly said to me, oh, I know what this is about, which I was quite surprised because I do make the work quite subtle and quite coded. Yeah. And this is even before they've read anything about it. I mean, obviously they don't know the, in- the intricacies of it, but there are there are some things that in the show that make you realise this is about women's bodies. There's pelvises. So yeah. that's kind of making you go, there's some, something more here that this is obviously about the female body. But the response so far has been overwhelmingly positive here. But then they have a much more liberal attitude towards abortion and yeah. women's right to choose for their own body. I think they're also more used to speaking about it. But the, like one of the things that struck me is my own ignorance of these things as a man of 51 years of age from the South, right? I wouldn't know. Uh, you know, the, the, the flowers in the, the wallpaper that yeah. you designed there, I would have no idea that they were about fascists, for instance. Yeah. Do you find that women get this quicker than what men do here? Quick, I don't know if you, it's quicker. I, I think they're more likely to stay with the work a bit longer yeah. and look a bit longer and then more than likely to ask me questions. I don't mean to be generalising too much, but I think the men move on quicker yeah. because they're seeing things that are speaking very much to the domestic space until maybe a female-centred, you know, light, you know, like they're, they're looking at blankets and, and bowls and silk fabrics and, and they're less interested. And that, I mean, that's okay, you know, I'm not so interested in high-performance cars and if I walked by a booth that had high-performance cars and I am more than likely to walk on. I didn't make this for a female audience, I made it for everyone, but I appreciate that women will respond to it more because this is more than likely... This is because this affects women. Let's just get real. It doesn't actually affect men directly, and men shouldn't be making those decisions for women. Full stop. So, 
what do you want to achieve with this? Are you happy just to be here and to have managed to hang everything in two days and that kind of thing? <laughs> or are you hoping that somebody will offer you a million for everything? Or? Do you know, that's so funny because I said to Neve yesterday, or I think I said yesterday, do you know, if you'd have told me I could go home yesterday, I'd have gone home. Because to me, the work was getting it here, getting it in the walls, getting it to look the way I wanted it to look and be able to say, oh, it's up, people can see it and I can, and then she tells me I have to come to things like this and there's going to be openings and there's going to be, so. Do, do you like this social aspect of it? No. It's not that I don't like it. It's, uh, I feel like I've played my part. I've made the work and I want the work to go out and speak for me. I don't really want to have to be front and centre. And if I do my job well, I don't have to be front and centre. But it's important as well sometimes to, because as you said yourself, this is subtle work and a lot of people won't see the you know the kind of the the, the, the intricacies kind of, the intricacies in the little coded messages and yeah. stuff in it so it's it's important to be here to answer those questions um but i've made this work to start a conversation but i made it because it's my lived experience as well so after becoming a mother in 2014 and having the momentum of the the, the repeal eighth going on around me and savita uh, d- dying in 2013 in Galway, the lady who, who died in the hospital because they wouldn't terminate her pregnancy. All of that happened at the same time as I had my first child. So there was just this massive kind of confluence, as you'd say, and that brought me to make this work. And I realised I just needed to do it partly for myself, but I partly needed to do it to take women's voices out of the archives. My husband's actually done a PhD on this, so that's where I got a lot of my research from. So he researched the women and he got into the public records and the, the criminal, you know, the law courts. So a lot of this comes out of stories that I've actually read, like real stories of what women did and what happened to them. So this isn't um, me guessing or supposing, this is real stories, real women. And I know their names, but I can't tell you their names because it's closed records. So this, these pieces speak to real women who, who some died, some got prosecuted, some didn't, but I cannot even use their names. With all those things that you've listed there, I would have expected there to be an awful lot more anger in work like that. Is that do you feel that the anger is maybe sort of dampened down a little bit because you want to have a conversation, or do you feel that that's it? Oh God, I'm angry as hell, and I'm, I'm I often cry myself in the studio when I was making the work. But being angry won't uh, make people listen. I mean, I I actually many years ago when I started making this work, I jokingly said to a curator I want to make work that the DUP would come and look at and think is beautiful because if they want best to look with that you know, you know, the, you know for, and for your listeners who don't know who the DUP are they're just a bunch of Presbyterian crazy wing nuts who get to rule our you know, who rule the north of Ireland um, but I wanted to make work that they could actually come and go that's really beautiful and they'd want to walk up to you but if I had really graphic images here and I had like if I was in your face being angry you would walk on and you yeah. wouldn't engage so you, what, what is that expression you catch more honey bees with honey yeah. than vinegar yeah. so this is my kind of approach is um, you know respect your audience bring them in and then hopefully they'll engage with the subject I mean they'll engage with the surface I do try my best to make the work as aesthetically pleasing as beautiful as I can make it and but then hopefully it'll go beyond the surface and they'll look behind the imagery and ask themselves what's it about and finally where is this in terms of your career path? Is this the first of these exhibitions? Is this the last of these exhibitions? Oh. <laughs> is this the life's work? Are we in the middle of it here? Well, I've been practicing for nearly... I, I worked it out the other day, way too long. I've been practicing for 25 years. So uh, I've been slowly building a career for myself and I've been showing nationally and a little bit internationally. But this is my first time being here with Ormston House. But no, I hope it's not the last. I'd say this is me probably, hopefully, on a... On a 
on a steady trajectory. I mean, I make work. I don't make work for buyers. I don't make work for anyone really but myself, which sounds selfish, but I think a good artist really does make work for themselves. So as long as I have the, the ideas and the desire, I will always I will make work and hopefully then it'll be seen. And I've been fortunate that it has been seen to date. Well, during the course of this conversation, I've made an executive decision that this podcast is going to come out tonight. So as many people in Sweden are going to see it. <laughs> exactly. Edit it. Well, no, God, no, no, no. It's all, it's all going out there. But I hope as many people as possible do come in to see that. Neve is standing here laughing at you. Now, we're just going to bring in Neve for one last comment here, right? We have made the decision that this podcast is going out this evening so that as many people as possible right, can get to okay, see this work. Okay. What right. else? Have you had a look around here? What else can people expect to see? They should come here only for Jennifer and support Absolutely. her. Absolutely. I mean, she's the she's the only reason the to come here. The star of the show, it has to be said. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm completely, no bi- no, completely biased, <laughs> of course. No, you know what, supermarket, it's, it's you'll always... What I say to people is expect the unexpected because you'll always find something that is you're not expecting to see. There's a lot of artwork and a lot of artists that um, have really alternative practices, of really like exciting kind of ideas um, in terms of ways of working as well. It's it's really. I, I wish I could say that I know the other exhibitors really well, but I don't. We've been in Stoli for the last two days, so we haven't actually had time to kind of go around to all the different booths and. Uh, uh, and see everything. Um, but there is another Irish space here as well. There's downstairs, there's a residency space, Interface. Um, and there's uh, two artists, I think, of exhibiting with them. Um, and they're based in Connemara. And they, um, Alana, who runs Interface, is, like, has a gorgeous program. So that's is that another, Alana Robbins, is it? Alana Robbins, yeah. You know well, yeah, super. there you go. There you go. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a really, it's a really nice place. Another uh, favourite of mine is Small Projects, who are based in um, Tromso in Norway. And Jeff Pascua, who runs there, um, and that space is like a really great artist and curator as well. So I have my favourites, um, and yeah, I just think for people to come, like expect the unexpected, um, be surprised. You know, allow yourself to be open and be surprised by things, and um, it's just you know, it's fun. It's a bit of crack. It's um, yeah, it's a, it's a really nice atmosphere. It's a really nice community around these kind of independent spaces. And a lot of these spaces, they kind of they don't exist in your kind of your usual kind of cultural map of cities and cultural um, map of like cultural spaces. So it's really nice to see the smaller organisations kind of like be brought out and kind of all in one place. And it does create like this amazing network and kind of community of kind of independent and artist-led spaces. So yeah. And will the two of you be here all weekend now? We will, yeah. Jennifer's going, let me over here. Well, no, I'll let Jennifer off now, explore the city. But I will will be pretty much changed to this booth now for the next while. But like Neve, I haven't seen a fraction of what's here because we've been so busy installing. So, I mean, what I've seen walking to the bathrooms and walking in and out is like, it's, it's... it's beautifully bold and bonkers at times. You're spoiled. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to actually getting some time to look at the other um, yeah, galleries. Each different booth, like you won't find something similar next to each other. It's all very, um, like really different practices, really different things to see. So it's just like you won't be bored. You won't, you won't be bored. You That's about be the bored. best thing we can you tell people. Bored. And, you know, it's right in the center of, of the city. It's really easy to get to. Um, you know, it's it's convenient. It's convenient. It's just and you're like you know. Just get come on, on in. Just come on in. Get in the tunnel band to Sluicen and pop down. You know. That's Did a great job of that. Thank you so much for talking thanks to me, buddy, and thanks, thanks so much for in. coming. And I, well, I was going to say I'll see you again next year. We might pop in again over the weekend. Oh, do do if you have the time, do yeah. Gentlemen, could I just 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. This guy first. Okay, so I'll ask you to introduce yourself and tell me what on earth you're doing here in Stockholm at an art fair. Ah, uh, well, uh, first of all, my name's Ian Viachorek, a uh, good Irish name. Lovely Irish name. I've, I've only been in Ireland for 32 years now, so uh, another seven generations I'll be a local. But, That's uh, it. Your accent is definitely changing. I can feel it. Just, it's just as we're talking here. I was know? a little bit now, yeah. I'm, I'm based in Castlebar now and having a great time and thoroughly enjoying being involved with places like Interface, uh, Alana Robbins, this this powerhouse of um, ambition and energy and momentum who is making an art scene in the middle of the wilds of Connemara is something else. I think it's amazing how she just found this vacuum and filled it with all that energy, you know. And of course, uh, Alana is a, a former native of these parts. Indeed. What, what are you exhibiting over here? Because this, uh, is it two, two different things in the same space it's here we have? two things going on in the same space. So my work is, uh, it's called uh, One Day 40 Sunrises. And the idea is that while we're in lockdown, we couldn't go anywhere. So what I did was I researched up all these live streaming webcams that were available on the internet, and I followed Sunrise on one day going around the world um, on the internet. And, and I screenshot the Sunrises in 40 different places. And then from those screenshots, I made 40 paintings. And they sort of, they look at the whole idea that in a way, even though we were stuck, we were all connected. Mm. And still, and we could we could travel even if only virtually. Yeah, um, it felt kind of positive and a bit magical, as I say, especially when we were all complaining about the fact we could only have a two-kilometer kind of radius and all this kind of stuff, which was at the time. Um, so yeah, so that's basically what it is. Um, it's a it's more about a concept than a reality, but the the paintings are here to prove that it happened. How did you choose the 40 places? Was this just completely at random, um, or here's a webcam kind of thing, or did you have some specifics in mind? The only specific was that, um, and a very good question, by the way. Thank you. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to be as geographically diverse as I possibly could. So basically... So, so there's Mayo and Galway, is what you're saying? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, if you look at the distribution of these webcams around the world, I mean, if you go to North America, there's millions of them. Um, Russia, mm, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> uh, China, mm, not so much. So I, my idea was to just try and spread out as far as possible. So I, I have Iceland, I have um, Tierra del Fuego down in Argentina. I have as many different places as far apart as possible and spread them out as, as far as I could. So it, it was just literally, it was more to illustrate the concept than to actually sort of make any points about any specific geographies yeah. but it was just this idea then of being able to share the thing I, the one interesting thing is that when you're looking at these things on the webcam you have no control over where the thing is pointed you have no idea what kind of technology is being used whether it's good quality bad quality whether it's even going to work at all yeah so and then you have because you're picking one day at random you've no You've no decision on what the weather's going to be like anywhere, or you know, it could have been terrible everywhere. Ironically, it isn't, but it's 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 terrible in some places and it's good in others. Yeah. So, um, bit bit like us in Ireland, you know, with the the western the and and Dublin and Dublin getting the good weather and us getting the the rain, you know. Oh, look, that's just a conspiracy theory at this stage. <laughs> you know? um, how much, how true to the webcam images are the paintings that you've made here? Did you take any artistic license to maybe put a little bit of sun in the sky in certain no. places? No, 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 no. That was the whole point: was to literally just re remake the images, but 
using using a sort of a human hand rather than just printing stuff out on computer. So any faults, any um, anything's like you know when you get sunlight and you get a flare on the the lens, I was happy to leave those in. Um, and as I say, sometimes I wouldn't even get the full sunrise. I, I'd get the reflection in the sea or something like that. It wasn't necessarily. And if it was a cloudy day, you just you just took it for granted that somewhere behind the clouds the sun was there. Yeah. But it was the right time of day. I know I had all the times fixed up. So yeah. What, what's the reaction been from the people coming to look at these forty images that you have here? I think I think they've been pretty engaged with them. Um, I think I think the thing that always sings though is the concept, and. You know, I would say it's a bit like um, it's a bit like a steam engine. You have the engine, and then you have the smoke from the engine. So the engine is the thing that has the power, and that's the concept. And then the images are like the smoke from the engine. They're sort of like they're almost like an afterthought. They're, they're just proof that the the, the thing happened. Um, and yet they're the, they're a visual confirmation that they did. So it kind of hopefully reinforces the concept in its first place. When you speak to people here, there's an awful lot of people here from Sweden who didn't go through the same lockdowns that Ireland or Iceland or China or anywhere else went to. What's their reaction to this? Are they sort of shrugging their shoulders going, we could do what we wanted kind of thing? Um, no, there's more a kind of a look of sympathy going, oh, you poor people, you had to do this. Two kilometres, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no toilet paper, no bread. <laughs> yeah, dream on, yeah. <laughs> Um, coming out of the pandemic, this is obviously something that an awful lot of work went into, making these 40 images from this one day. Well, as we come out of this now, do you see hope coming out of this? Do you see the world having changed at all from that day when the sun rose in those 40 different places? Um, I'm not sure if it's changed. I think maybe maybe we have changed a little bit. Um, no, I, I mean, the reason I picked Sunrises was because of the idea that it had a sense of optimism and the future and you know, moving forward rather than sort of sunsets, which is like the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a very different sort of feel. So it, the potential for, for new experiences was, was, was there. And um, I mean, I, I like to think, I like, I like to think my work is, is, is kind of positive in that sense. Um, it's, it's also, hmm, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to go with this one now. No, but I suppose another sort of logical question coming from that. Has your idea or your, your own interpretation of the concept changed from the moment you had it to the moment you hung the paintings here in um, Stockholm? No, 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 not really. Um, as I say, I, I think this idea of connectivity, I mean, we, I, I think so many people look at the idea of the internet now as being something slightly pernicious or monetized or whatever. And I think there's still, there's still room to enjoy it in some way in shape or form as long as one is cognizant of the fact that y you, you might be manipulated in one way or another but but it, it does give us freedoms that we maybe don't think we have i mean even you know traveling places is you know it has its own bothers and things and if you're if you're if you're stuck at home there's something nice about being able to look at Piazza Navona in Rome at two in the morning and wonder what the heck is going on with the little silhouette of the guy staggering across the square and wondering if he's coming home from work, if he's just had a breakup, if he's going to work early. What, what is he doing? We, 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 look at, we look at people, we look at situations and we humanise them. We can't help it. We like to tell those stories to ourselves, even if we've no confirmation of what they are. I think every Irish emigrant around the world on St. Patrick's Day was looking at the webcam on Temple Bar there and going, oh, it wouldn't have been like that in my day, kind of thing. Um, the supermarket art fair in general, what's your impression of it being? Have you been here in Stockholm for a few days now, getting uh, ready for this? Yes, yeah, we, we arrived on Monday. We did the setup mostly on Tuesday, a little bit on Monday. 
the energy here has been fantastic. The, the, the buzz, the vibe, um, meeting lots of people. Some, some, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised I've come across a lot of people who I've really, uh, really sort of, I've, I've known for years. And it's like, gosh, you're here as well. It's, it's lovely. Um, definitely so upbeat, so kind of, and, and, and you're, being, you're, you're being shown lots of, lots of different work and it's all, it's all really interesting. Um, and the people are happy to talk um, to everyone, anyone, um, just to give them a little bit of insight, a, a little view into somebody else's view of the world, perhaps. Um, how easy is it to do that in Castlebar at the moment? Because I know we're joking about it being the wilderness and that kind of thing, but uh, as an artist, can you make a living there? Do people want to see the things that you're creating there? Um, it's, it's easier than it used to be, and, and the, most of the reason for that is that the West isn't as insulated as it used to be. Um, you know, the nice thing is one can, one can work on the west coast of Ireland, which is, as we all probably know, a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, but we're not working in the sort of vacuum where nobody outside of the West knows what you're doing and, and what... And Nor will we tell them if they ask. <laughs> no, whereas, whereas now you, you can be... The, the word they come up with is global, G-L-O-C-A-L. So it's, it's global and local. You can do the both at the same time. And it, it, it's sort of... There's such a hub of activity going on in the West, um, particularly with places like Interface, um, you know, Custom House in Westport, Ballin Arts Centre, lots and lots of stuff going on. Um, and now we can get the word out about it to anywhere and everywhere. And I think, I think it kind of, it, it, it evens the playing field when it comes to the gravitational pull of somewhere like Dublin, you know? Yeah, and it, that's never a bad thing, I'm sure. Well, it's... I, th I think a bit of a bit of evenness over around the place is nice, you know. I certainly think so. That Dublin is terrible overrated. No, can I grab you for a quick second here? Where aren't you? Oh, I can see that. There's a bit of discreet uh, beer delivery going on here. Is how we'll put that, you know. I'm not even going to tell you where he's hidden. Uh, no, he, he has a pair of very loose-fitting shorts. Is all I'll say. Most of which are weighed down at this point in time. Well, well, much looser now, anyway. <laughs> exactly. No, can I ask you why you're not wearing any shoes, my friend? Um, because I've been doing performance art, um, doing performances t tonight with my fracar shoes, which are which are sh shoes studded with nails. They don't look very comfortable, and we have to say that the nails are pointing upwards rather than downwards, they right? Are, they are, they are, and um, yep, that's probably the point. But think of it more of a, a nicer way, as in um, acupuncture points or reflexology kind of a massage yeah. on your feet. How is it? Is it painful to wear them? Um, it's fine for the first 10 minutes, and then after that it gets a bit... Hairy. You have to take regular <laughs> breaks are taken there. Take regular breaks, yeah. Where does the idea come from? Um, it's, it's a bigger global um, kind of concept that I was going for where everything um, is connected to everything else. Yeah. And um, it started off a good few years ago with um, the use of um, uh, tensegrity objects, objects which compression and tension work together to create a solid object or to create a, um, a sturdy object. Yeah. Um, but when I went on and I know that some of those objects were used for um, uh, teaching young medical students um, about the importance of that um, everything is connected to everything else whereas if you have a, a, a bad ankle maybe the problem is that your shoulder your right shoulder if it was your left ankle and vice versa or something like that in other words don't look at the one area look at the whole body yeah. in, because if you look at our arms as the compression or at the bones as a compression and the and the uh, uh, ligaments and, and that as the, the, the tension. Yeah. 
Um, so it came from that. But then I, I got it kind of interested in, in the kind of the meditative kind of side of things, and also that um, that these monks were able to do amazing feats of um, endurance and and that and there was kind of like a way to en- enlightenment and uh, that these fracker monks came up with the concept of first of all the bed of nails that you that you'd lie on not for torture or anything like that but just for a way to concentrate your focus and acupuncture points and kind of massage in a way but also that focus would lead to a way of to enlightenment so then they went from there to using the fracker sandals and um and so that's why I'm kind of bringing this concept in to, like, one nail will go right through you, but all the nails together will support you. Yeah. So there's that kind of idea as well running through this. Um, I have various strands of this gone through. Um, yeah. What has the reaction of people here at Supermarket been? Because the moment I walked in and you were standing here talking to the ambassador, I saw it, I went, that looks very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I've done my first performance tonight uh, for about 10 minutes. And it went down very well, and the crowd, because there's an intensity involved, and um, I'm doing a slow motion, and I'm walking with the intention, and I'm kind of, I have another device, um, which makes my voice visible with a laser, um, it vibrates so that my voice becomes visible on, on, on the walls, uh, and I'm kind of using a meditative voice, which gives me focus and concentration. I don't know what to say much more. No, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's good you have to see it. Exactly, it is. It's performance art. come down and see it. Exactly, so <laughs> that is the thing. So you're here now until Sunday. We're talking We're on Thursday evening, and you're yeah. here until Sunday. Yeah, and I'll be here every day. There's a definite performance at 12 o'clock every day and 3 o'clock every day, but I also probably be doing more in between as well. Does it take a lot out of you when you do these performances for 10 or 15 minutes? I, I have to get myself in, in my head in, in focus, and then I, I concentrate on that, and then afterwards then I kind of enjoy the the relaxation of it being over you know and but then i get geared up for the next one and in that moment when it is over are you able to talk to people then yes, or do you, yes, yeah, yes, you're happy enough yeah to talk yeah to i am yeah yeah it's just sort of relief this is done like. well it's not really relief it's it's kind of like um an enjoyment of it as well you know it's kind yeah. of like this kind of Bit of a buzz. Bit of a buzz. Here. Bit of a buzz. Yeah. Uh, in in your practice in general, in are you, are you still based in Galway? Eh? I'm based in Galway, and um, I'm part of um, Interface as well. Yeah. I'm also involved with Art Space Galway as well, um, which have studio spaces. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm involved with the art scene in Galway so a fair bit. How, if we look at the whole rather than just the ankle and the shoulder, how is art in Galway at the moment? <laughs> is there a good place to be? That's good. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, I think there's a new energy beginning to build up again. It kind of went die. It kind of died down a bit, but there's new energy in in uh, places like um, uh, Engage Art Space, One Two Six Art Spaces. Um, there's there's a new buzz beginning to come up with these younger, uh, ambitious young artists, which I'm, I'm very me as a m- more mature artist, which I'm very proud of. You know, I think they're very good, good artists, and it's a good place. I think there's new art beginning to come out of out of all that experience. Yeah. How important is it for you to be here in Sweden? How important is it to be seen internationally, to show what you do to people abroad? Does it make the slightest difference to you as an artist, or is it just something where you know she says, "Right, come on, let's go." 
I don't know. I was, I'm just very excited to be here. I think it's great. Okay. Um, it's great you get a lot of these opportunities. No, I don't actually, to be honest. But I, I am a busy artist yeah. exhibiting around. But um, this is a, an opportunity to come over here, which I haven't experienced before. So I'm delighted to be over here. Um, I think it's a fantastic event. Um, you know, there's a good buzz around the place. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm really delighted to be here. Um, well, is yes, this sort of whetted the appetite for more of these kinds of things? Ah, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's bring it on. This, <laughs> this is a place where you meet um, uh, curators and artists, um, uh, galleries, yeah. and um, have the chat with them. You never know what happens, what comes out of this. Let's t- let's, we always like a forward-looking question at the end. What's okay. going to be next for you? Have you anything in the pipeline for if somebody was to ask you to do this in Tromsø or Norway or something like that? <laughs> I'd love to do it, yeah. I've, I forgot to mention that I've done the bit of nails already in Interface. Yeah. And the reason why I'm using, using the sandals is because I couldn't bring the nails over. <laughs> Hand baggage. <laughs> Hand baggage. Well, it looked like a nail bomb on the way over, but... <laughs> There's some explaining to do in the X-ray. To do. I was worried until I saw the case coming out the far side. But, but um, yeah, the future. I have a few exhibitions coming up. One of them in the in the, in the Galway Arts Festival. I'll be part of the interface section of that. And um, I have a few other things going on. And I'm hel- I also help other artists build work yeah. as well. So I'm busy. That's busy. Surviving is the new winning, as they say. Yeah, surviving, yeah, 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 yeah. You have to keep it was it. the best to look at it here. I hope plenty of Irish people turn up to see it. Yeah, I hope everyone come along. Alana, a former resident of these parts who has yes. exhibited here many times. Yeah. No Sweden and Stockholm like the back of our hand, yeah. but you're not exhibiting here. You're here with no, Noel and Ian. No, no, I decided to share around the, the joy a little bit, yeah. What, what brings Interface here? How did you get the opportunity to be here at Supermarket? So, yeah, well, I, I think this may be my 10th time at Supermarket or something like that, but yeah. I've come and gone a lot of times. And a lot of the work I do has been built on the networks of built over a Supermarket. Like last year... Yeah, at Interface in Ireland, um, we had an exhibition of three Swedish artists, three Turkish artists, and three Irish artists. All of those people, we'd all met at supermarket and, you know, through the artist-led scene here in Stockholm. So, and now tonight we're all, we've a big reunion. Like, everyone's a chill here from Istanbul and the lads, you know, it's, it's just be a really lovely way to meet them all again. But, I mean, I suppose the thing about stock, the supermarket art fair is it's just that ability to to meet people and make opportunities for each other and you know and that's what it's that's what it's about yeah. really Noel and Ian were both talking about being in the west of Ireland there but like a little bit of a backwater in the past was sort of hard to get out of it hard to find an audience that kind of thing mm. how much does this help in terms of when you put these guys out here and people see them do you get curators coming up to you saying right you know how can I get hold of these guys what do they want to do can they come to my art fair is that that kind of opportunity well I mean that that's the idea I tell you out of being at Supermarket Art Fair, I got in the past myself, I've had an exhibition in Istanbul, one in Malmö, one in Helsinki, one in the north of the Czech Republic, one in Prague. Like, I've had so much work that's come out of this event myself. Yeah. So I can only expect and hope that something similar might happen for the lads. I mean, I've been back here loads of times. They're just here this year. But yeah, you meet, you, you have... A platform with a huge audience, you know, and where we live in Connemara, there is it's it is very remote. Now with Interface, we are building a very strong reputation for programming excellent art, excellent um, exhibitions, and when we have artists in residence, international artists in residence, they'll do talks. We do a lot of kind of really interesting ecological work. Um, 
you know, artistic work that's intersecting with ecological work and, and we bring the audiences in on a recurring basis and we're building up a, a profile and building up a really great audience. So it is happening there, but that's slow in Connemara. And then you bring the two lads over here to this place. You've got all these businesses under the one roof. They're all artist-led organizations. Everyone in this building is is a doer. And that's what makes it such a brilliant event. It's a, because everyone here has set up an organization. They're not waiting for someone to say, yes, yes, you may have an exhibition, or no, you may not. They've probably at this point become fed up with getting, well, I, well, I don't know my, my reason. Well, like, I got fed up waiting for people to say yes and, and having experienced the arts-led scene where you just make it happen yourself. I decide, well, that's what I'm going to do. And that's so, it's such an energetic fair. It's such an, of all kind of trade fairs, Everyone here is a doer, really. Yeah. For people in the Irish and the Swedish community coming here, what can they expect to see? How, how you know what, what should they expect when they walk and they see Noel and they see Ian and they see everybody else that you know here from your many years of being here? Well, I mean, I think at its best, it's just really anarchic and chaotic, and it's just this huge melting pot of. Um, in trick, I was going to say. Yeah, of impressions. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So of yeah, you've all these impressions. Like there's there's everything here. Some of the art is really not great, and some of it's amazing. And but it's that kind of thing of a melting pot where where everything is in the one space. And you'll have like we had a performance of this beautiful performance a few minutes ago or a couple of hours ago where a woman walked by very slowly with a whole costume of of pine cones and spruce cones and her whole body kind of creaked and and then you've Noel doing his his performance with his fakir sandals and and you've just got all this kind of yeah just very contrasting impressions and then so you can walk it's like any trade fair you've got all the businesses under one roof you get you go from one to the next to the next but there's so much uh, energy I think in this space and um, and really I think what what it's doing which art should do and in, in my mind it, it is, is it shows you a different lens with which to look at something yeah. so it's a different way of looking at the world and I mean so like for instance like Interface is all about science and art we we uh, support artists who are looking at intersections between science and art but like scientists have one lens to look at a subject artists have another lens to look at it and and you know uh, artists will find beauty where someone else doesn't see it or they will see something a completely different angle and that's I suppose when you're saying what do people expect or what can people expect to come here it's it's a new angle a fresh angle a, you know something oh my god I never thought I'd see that or I didn't think of that or you know, I wouldn't... Um, that makes me think of something really different. Or, oh, I never... Yeah, uh, or to see beauty where, you, where you'd never seen it before. There'll certainly be plenty of that here. Everybody is here until Sunday, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's brilliant. It's just... it. I love it. Yeah. Right. Get yourselves down here. I'm going to sign off from here. I'm going to take a picture of Noel and his sandals, and that will go out with this podcast a little bit later on this evening. Noel, Ian, Alana, thanks very much for talking thanks to me. million, Philip. Nice. So there you go, the best of the Irish artists from Supermarket. And I'm walking out of it now. Well, the stats squad's terminal in here in the middle of Stockholm. And to the water over there, I can see Granalund is lit up and all sorts of stuff. Looking back towards stats who sit in the various churches and what have you. And there's even a little bit of traffic knocking around as well. So we shall put this podcast out this evening. 
as I say, it's taking place at Statsquads Terminalen, and it costs about 150 crowns to get in. But lads, there's some absolutely brilliant work to be seen in there. And if you have the chance to pop in and to say hello and to support the Irish artists that are uh, taking part here, it really, really is well worth your while. The Ormston House exhibition there by Jennifer is absolutely staggering. Like it looks, there's so many levels to it, it's unbelievable. And I say that as somebody who's something of an art heathen who doesn't really understand these things that well at all. And then of course Noel and Ian's uh, 40 paintings from the various different webcams around the world. It's amazing work and well worth seeing and well worth supporting. I will be back on Monday morning again with another podcast. But in the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and it's good night from Slussen. Mm-hmm.